Lauren, I'd say today was a spirited show, but that would just be the worst pun of all time. So I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to say we had a good time. We sure did. Theodore's here. Hi, everybody. Theodore, thank you for that. Theodore Alexander is uh, the chief dude of good times and fine liquor. I, I love it. Again, I asked you three times. I can't get the title straight. Senior uh, executive. Senior hospitality coordinator. It's, it's a little bit of a mouthful. We might pare that down later. <laughs> well, no, I, it's just me. It's too early. I, I haven't had a donut yet, but I'm going to get to that. So you're the guy that makes sure everyone has a good time when they visit Napa Valley Distillery. That's pretty much Ambassador of good times. I, I love think it. That's, a, that's the short version of that. I could definitely do. You know your spirits inside and out, so we're going to talk about your life in the world of... Uh, fine alcohol distillates, mm-hmm. alcoholic distillates, and uh, a little bit about you as well, because you're an interesting fella. I'd like we, to think so. We scratched the surface <laughs> a little, as it were. So uh, before we get to that, Lauren has a few things he's going to say. He's going to offer an invitation to our listeners. We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail, Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at judshill.com or by calling 707-255-2332. Thank you, Lauren. And if anybody would like to uh, have a look at that website, you're going to see some fun videos. We've got upcoming events. There's also all the current wines that are available. And if you put some in your shopping cart, we've got a little special for you there, too. Just type in coupon code JNVS, all lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's absolutely true, and you'll get a good deal on the wine. If you're a member of the wine club and invitations to all sorts of cool happenings, you know, also, while you're, while you're thinking about some fine wine, think about some fine spirits as well. And have a look at NapaDistillery.com, where there's a club to look at there, too. There's a club to look at there, too, for sure. You can have booze sent to your home with uh, instruction cards on how to impress your friends. I'd say join both clubs, and you're going to have a heck of a party. That's true. Let's do a show. And now, enjoy the show. And that, my friends, I think is that. Anything else we want to add? Any curse words or anything just for fun? Or? No. <laughs> Jed, we don't want to get fined by the FCC. Just before we Interesting leave to put on my resume. Everyone's a Fingal friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing. Live from a Napa studio, you may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And now, live from Broadcast Park in the beautiful Napa Valley, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lauren Mole, and here's your host... John Fingelstein! Well, good morning, Mr. Lorne Mole. Thank you very much for that exciting, exciting introduction. Oh, I'm welcome, feeling man. pumped after that, ready for some good radio. But first of all, what's new in the world of Mole? Well, uh, last Thursday, I recently went to a, a board meeting uh, with Napa Valley TV. This year, it took place at Tarla Mediterranean Grill and Restaurant. <laughs> yeah, and, and how did it go? Will there be... Uh, TV in Napa Valley's future. Yes, there will be. Fantastic. And you'll be a part of it? 
Yes, I'll still continue to be a part of it. I love to hear that. Any other gigs, concerts, uh, video premieres? Uh, well, actually, uh, I recently filmed a uh, commercial w- uh, with uh, Everybody's a Star for this new electric tricycle uh, company. And where will people be able to see this commercial? Is this a television commercial? Be online ad? Uh, we don't. At this point, we don't know what uh, North Bay Media Outlet it's going to air. I on. see. Okay, we'll keep us up to date. You want to tell us once again about the Everybody is a Star organization? Sure. Everybody is a Star is a nonprofit organization based in Sonoma that helps special needs individuals like myself showcase our talents in professionally made broadcast quality <laughs> music videos. And and they certainly are pro. So, Lauren, yes, uh, I'm sure folks know this already regular listeners have already gone and watched your video but just in case somebody's new to this show and they would like to see the dashing lauren mole in his professional music video debut how could one go see that www.everybodystar.org and you'll see lauren you'll see other fine folks and lauren is singing the international hit i'm still looking for you because you're late for lunch. No! What is the name of the song? Michael Bublé's I Just Haven't Met You Yet. I was so close. <laughs> I can never get the name of that. No, but actually, right. uh, yeah. going back to what I was talking about earlier, yeah. uh, the gentleman who filmed the uh, commercial for the uh, electric tricycle that mm-hmm. I did, he is actually the same person who did my video with uh, the foundation. His name's Peter McEvely. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Oh, wonderful. Okay, well, I'll look forward to seeing that. Sure. You'll keep us up to date. I, I will. I did yeah, see a when, picture when the commercial of you comes out on Facebook. Right. Riding an electric tricycle. That's right. And I think you had your cowboy hat on. Well, actually, that was my dad's old hat. Oh, okay. He well, didn't want it anymore. It was somebody's so he hat. He gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you looked good. Thanks. And my dad you actually... looked like you were having fun. Thanks. And my dad also participated in it as well. He played a security guard. <laughs> really? Yes. We were actually supposed to film on the Sonoma Town Square, but we had to change locations because of the rain. Oh, yeah. We've had some weather lately. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to seeing this. You will definitely keep us in the loop. I will. All right, so, thanks. Uh, so what's been going on with you, Judd? Oh, you know, just uh, busy, busy, busy. we got springtime uh, events here, end of school coming up. Uh, waiting to catch a breath soon enough, but I do want to get something on everyone's radars. Not for a bit, but now's the time to mark off on your calendar because this is always a popular night. It is uh, become standing room only, so I say get there early. It is the, I think this might be the ninth, maybe it's eighth, but it's eighth or ninth. We'll check the math and get back to you next week. Eighth or ninth annual Yucapalooza at Oxbow. It's Friday, August 2nd at the Oxbow Public Market downtown. It'll be on the back river deck. Starting at 6 p.m., it's free. It benefits Voices Youth Center here in Napa. And how does, it benefit, how does a free event benefit them? Well, they'll have a fabulous raffle going on. But there will be music, ukulele music. It'll be anchored by my own band, the Maikai Gents, doing our old-time Hawaiian music. We'll do a few songs, and we'll call up anybody who wants to strum ukulele. And to do a song, there'll be some group strum-alongs. And uh, there will be, what else, what else? Ah, Vintage Hawaiian and Aloha wear from our friend Melissa, Retro Diva. She's there every year. And specials, one-night-only specials from the different Oxbow merchants. Our guest today is a bit involved in that as well. Well, You'll find out why in just a moment. But there'll be great wine, great food specials, ukulele music. This is always a standing-room-only event. 6 p.m. Friday, August 2nd, Yucapalooza. 
You can get information at judshill.com by clicking on the events tab, and we hope to see you there. Bring a ukulele. That's what I've got. But let's, let's meet our guests. Let's find out who this person is and maybe how this connects in some way. We can hear you there. <laughs> good morning, Joe. You're, 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 good morning. Hold on. You, no, you're welcome to speak, but he's going to give you such an introduction. You're not even going to believe this. Uh, Lauren Mull, do your magic. This interview is used to schmooze and amuse. So let's choose to light the fuse and begin our cruise. To hear of a life among spirits, I know I'm ready, so let's hear it. The views of a master among the who's who's in the milieus of booze. Here, here. That was one. That was wonderful. No, Thank, no, wait, that was, wait a minute. I could not have wished for a better introduction than that. Well, it's great, but I, we still don't know who you are. Wait, <laughs> Lauren, can you tell us who this is? A man who will welcome to be free to pour. It's our pal from Napa Valley Distillery, Theodore. Ah, oh, I get a rhyme too. That's excellent. I love that. You can have that intro as a. Uh, I'm gonna, he'll, he'll I'm gonna keep that. Him. I'm gonna put that on all my. Things that need introduction. It's a little big for a business card, but I think we can make it work. <laughs> Theodore Alexander, <laughs> you're one of these recognizable guys, and you're over at Napa Valley Distillery is how I first uh, became aware of you. Mm-hmm. And what, what is your official title over there? I know you, you've moved God, positions. we've moved around so many times, and we've changed so many hats. My official title there is now Senior Hospitality Coordinator. All right. I am the senior of coordinating all of our hospitality. I want to move over here so I can see you better. i got like two mics in the way. Yeah, you are a visible guy, which is why I wanted to have you on. Mm-hmm. Because when you visit... As a guest, uh, Napa Valley Distillery, uh, chances are Mr. Theodore Alexander is going to be the one uh, taking you through the experience. So not only are you visible there at the distillery, you're just you're one of these guys in town. Sometimes I have guests on here, and I just say you're one of these guys. Like people know this guy. Like you're that guy, and you're that guy. You're one of those guys. You have one of the I'm going to say two most recognizable mustaches in two. town. There's two. Who's there's, his other fella? There's two of you. There's you and Brian Worley, who uh, teaches and also works over at Wildcat. He has the – where you have the handlebar, and I'm sure there's a technical name for that. I believe his is called something the English style. It's just the very long oh, – the, the long that points out. It points out. It's, it's, it's got to be like a couple feet long, I mean, from end to end. No, I've got mine curled up for, for safety. Yeah, I like that. Working around the bar in tight quarters, I want to poke anybody's <laughs> eye out. It is, it is the handlebar. Is there a name for that? Is that – um, besides just handlebar? You know, I've never competed or gotten into that kind of circuit. I know a lot of people who do. They're all mustaches as far as I know. I know the long one that hangs down is a Fu Manchu. And I think that anything that comes outside of the upper lip is called a handlebar, either the curled up like I have or or the long, I think you called it the English style. Yeah. Um, I saw an old guy walking down the street once in uh, in my hometown, and I actually ducked out of the way of his mustache. It was so long, and I had to ask him about it. He said he used Elmer's glue to oh, keep no. it that far out. Really? I just use a pomade, and that, that's, that's and enough got, for me. I need some styling tips. There, there, there have been times in my life where I've let it go to that point, but I can't get that just fabulous, tight curl. You know, People know, kind of know what I'm going for, but I don't think I've ever really gotten it. To, the, it's, to that uh, point, like you've got the key ingredient, I would say is is a is a a little pinch of of pomade yeah. and uh, and a whole lot of patience. I guess uh, so. Maybe more that's... so your wife's than yours. <laughs> well, my wife just she's given up on me. She's like, "What's Judd going to look like today?" You know, I change it up so much. Right now, I decided to go for the braces look, the big uh, tin. Oh grin. yeah, you've got to, yeah. Uh, I didn't need look. braces. I just changing the look around. Sure, sure. Yeah, Something yeah. a little bit accessorizing. <laughs> exactly. 
All right, enough about me and my braces and you and your mustache. Although it is a, a fine mustache. And, well, thank you and, very much. But let's let's get to know you a little better. Uh, I I came to know you as uh, Mr. Napa Valley Distillery, one of my favorite places to go and also send people mm-hmm. because I know that. They're going to be well taken care of. They're going to be in a beautiful spot if it's the distillery itself or the place down at the Oxbow. Oh, there's the connection to Eucapalooza at Oxbow. You guys often put together a drink special for the night. We do. Uh, often it's non-alcoholic because of licensing well, and permitting. Well, the services licenses are a little different at the Oxbow. But they're delicious non-alcoholic cocktails. And then, of course, uh, people can buy some booze from you to then go Sure, a light, a light assemb- assembly required and you've yeah. got yourself a good cocktail. Um, but that's how I know you as being a, a fan of the spirits. But uh, I, I can't say that I know you well. I don't really know your background, and I, I think you are from not far away from Sonoma is your hometown. Is That's that, right. Is I'm, that a, I'm a na- native Petaluman. I've okay. lived up and down Sonoma County oh, okay. most of my life, and mm-hmm. then um, in 2013, um, I moved to Napa. Um, and got a job in hospitality and started my work from there. Was that uh, tough for your Sonoma people to accept? There seems to be this grudge over there. It doesn't seem to go the other way. Like people around it, here, people come to the winery like, we're going to Sonoma. And it might be me or someone else like, oh, it's great. You should check out this restaurant and go to mm-hmm. this tasting room. And this gallery is really cute. But I go over there and I don't even want to say I'm from Napa if I sit down at a they seem, restaurant. They seem, before lack of a better term, snobby. I don't know or, if it's or, snobby or if it's 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 like just one of these one yeah one of these one sided rivalries. Like I get also from San Francisco, L.A., where if you're, you're up here and you say I'm going down to Los Angeles, people, why would you want to go well, down well, there well, or well, Dodgers Giants thing? But you go to Los Angeles and you talk about San Francisco, you're like oh, isn't it nice? You can go sit out and have a view and you can eat over at the such and such. Like mm-hmm. there's there's none of that going the other way. There, I feel that from Sonoma, Napa, Napa, Sonoma, like. You know, it's it's interesting. There there is a bit of that on the other side as well, and I've, I've heard people say, you know, in the other, in the other direction. I guess it depends on what your native I perspective guess. is. I, I kind of like to look at it this way: that like a lot, the people who are from Sonoma County like to drink beer, and yeah. the people from Napa like to drink wine. I think a lot of those attitudes sort of come come with each other. Um, I enjoyed the more sort of agrarian. It's it's very fast here, uh, and that was a surprise. I didn't realize that Napa's fast. It's, it is Napa's fast. Yeah, compared to living in Petaluma and Santa Rosa and those areas were a little bit more still have kind of a, an agrarian attitude. And okay. I guess it depends on which part of town you live in because Maybe. I lived downtown in Petaluma for a, lar- a long portion. I worked at oh. Starbucks, and my shift was at 4 a.m. until oh. noon. And so everybody I served – the first 10 people in the morning ordered five black large coffees for their farmhands. They're off to the fields. And they're off to the fields. So that's kind yeah. of who I, who I worked with. Okay. Um, and then everything I've encountered in Napa is the host side of it. It's very like, would you like some dinner? Put on a tie. Very nice. And it's very fast. And, and sort of <laughs> – it's kind of the L.A. between the two. No uh, kidding. Yeah, I've never kind of thought of it that yeah. way. It was, it was a more, more of a culture shock than I think I expected. But I like it a lot because there is more opportunity for me to be the face of Napa Valley Distillery or, or other kinds of um, – being a little bit more out there. Well, you're obviously in the right spot for you. Um, you've thrived here, uh, it seems. What was, the, what was the job that brought you here in the first place? <laughs> um, it, I actually, I was working at the Meritage. My job was, I, the thing that brought me to Napa was I got married. Ah. I got married and I moved to, moved to Napa. And That'll do it. I was in the middle of kind of picking careers because I've always been floating from place to place because of necessity, because I yeah. need to eat and have a roof over my head and whatnot. <laughs> sure. And when I came to Napa, I decided I, I would choose a career path, and I originally wanted to be a, a concierge uh, for a hotel. So I start, thought I would start at the bottom and do it the, the old-fashioned American way. And, mm. and I got a job at the Meritage Hotel, yeah. and, and I interviewed for Bellhop or, or 
valet driver or something. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in the middle of my interview, the uh, the guy interviewing me, the manager, said, hang on, i got to take a phone call. He took a phone call, shouts a curse word into the phone, <laughs> and turns back at me, son, you ever been a bartender before? No, sir, I have not. Hmm. Small pause. You want to try? I said, yes, I've always wanted a bartender. <laughs> he says, good, get an apron and go in. That was it. <laughs> now, and then I was lead bartender for uh, two years at the Meritage Hotel Poolside Bar I mean, uh, for pe- making drinks. Okay, look, I know we all got to start somewhere, but I can't imagine knowing you as the person you are now, like a better surprise gig to just fall into. Uh, it definitely was. It was very surprising. For them and for you. I thrived immediately. You know what? Yeah, I'm not. Bartending seems can seem complicated if you go to a lot of these really sheesh bars and, mm-hmm. and, and have a lot of mystery and all this mixology. But if you're working in a hotel, they, they guide you. They give you a recipe and a menu, and pretty much everybody who's coming to your bar doesn't order outside that menu mm. for the most part. And for the few times it did, people are nice enough to let you learn how to make the drink they want to make. Yeah. But I don't do anything a little bit, as I'm sure you've noticed from meeting me. So I have to get into the research and all that, right. and, and that led me to... Napa Valley Distillery because I went my cousins were part of the bar club we do a subscription service to our alcohol where you get booze sent to your house with a little bit of uh, recipe and ingredients it's very cool I mean it's uh, like a wine club would be to a winery it's like a wine club with a little bit more uh, Lego instructions to go go with it not only do you send the booze you send some other little ingredients and some directions on how to make certain cocktails it's really fun yeah it's it's great and I figured that would be a good way for me to learn how to make drinks and Mm -hmm. so I joined the club I signed up for the bar club with my my family and I was a bar club member for about 42 and a half hours before I was an employee. <laughs> I, I was so interested Hold in on. what they were doing. Okay. All right. So you're on site. You're visiting. You're having a great time. At the Oxbow, yeah. You join the club because mm-hmm. you're enjoying the booze. And what do you just say? And by the way, are, are you hiring? Or Pretty how much, that work? yeah. I, I usually – I don't want to you know, throw any other hipsters under the bus here, but that's kind of my jam. You know, It's a nice vest. It's usually a plaid shirt, of course, curled mustache, jaunty hat. And my <laughs> cousin made a joke of the, hey, you look like you work with these guys. And I was like, oh, if only. And we made a big joke about it. Yeah. The, uh, Tim actually um, – Tiki Tim, we used to call him uh, – Said, you know what? We are actually looking for some this people. This is your for distiller. The, yeah, no, well, no, the other fellow who's oh, off the form- in the Marines. Oh, uh, yes, the other uh, Tim. Yeah, yeah, other other Tim. Gotcha. Um, sorry. And he he was my taster, and, right, and, and I made a joke about working there. He's like, well, you know, we are actually looking for a few more people because we're coming up. And and I said, oh, oh, really? Well, what do I do? And he said, well, bring your resume, and he gave me the whole spiel, and I whipped it up together, brought it in the next day, and and I was so engaged and excited about everything. And and Paul was there, who was my my supervisor, and. Uh, he just gave me an interview. We just basically we just talked about booze, and we were both so excited about what was going on that I just started work the next you day. You knew your booze. You had the right look. Are you a hipster? You mentioned I'm going to throw other hipsters. I think if you admit Lauren, this that is you're exciting. Hipster, we might you're actually have not. We might actually have a hipster here. Isn't that cool? Have we ever had a hipster? Um, I don't think so. You might be it, Theodore. I, I might. I Congratulations! Might, I might oh, here come the balloons. I, all right, oh, it's and the, the confetti. Big the confetti's coming down. <laughs> yeah. First time ever in six years of doing this show together. I know. Da 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 da. All right. Well, this is good, and you've you've obviously done very well over there, and you've really become like one of the faces. I mean, people. At least when I go by, I see, you know, Paul's in front of folks and I see you in front of folks and you both are great at hospitality. Do we want to get into a little bit about uh, the the experience of what happens when somebody's standing in front of you and it is now your duty 
not only because you're getting paid to do it, but I <laughs> sense that you genuinely have this – it's the overused word, but I get the sense from you. You have this passion for the spirits you're working with. So now it is up to you to get that person in front of you excited about at, at least as into it as as I was yeah. in, in the beginning and it's interesting that you that you say that you say duty cuz i like I said, I don't do anything a little bit. I get yeah. into a lot of whatever my hobbies are. And, and when I was a kid, like I'd read a book or watch a movie and I would be so into it that it's the only thing I could talk about all week long. <laughs> and uh, <There> is- <laughs> so I did feel an obligation to be like, I am excited about this. You should be excited about this too. <laughs> you, you just reminded me of a headline. And sorry to go off on the tangent. From The Onion. <laughs> the, what is that? The, the Onion. No, the satirical. The satirical newspaper. newspaper. And this was from a few years ago. And it said something like the headline was – uh, you know, local eight-year-old won't shut up about raccoons. You know, so obviously this kid just excited yeah, that, about that, raccoons that, that and would, won't shut up about me. it. That That's you me. with whatever it is that you're excited with about. Whatever it is that I'm yeah. excited about, I really get into a topic. I was a manager at a, a chlorine supply pool repair shop for a while, <laughs> and I dug my feet into that real deep. And it was just a job, you know, getting, yeah. the, getting the bills uh, paid. But yeah. I. If you can't find some amount of passion for whatever it is that you're doing in life, I don't think you're doing a very good job of whatever it is. For yourself, just to be happy on a daily basis, doing the grind. We do all have to go to jobs and yeah. get money and pay rent and eat food and all that stuff. You should be able to enjoy as much of that as you possibly can. I And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate that. There are certain people who have instilled excitement in me for something I hadn't expected. Now, in your case, I was already very into spirits, cocktails. It didn't take much. We're going to get back to you in a minute, but I've had people sit here, for instance, Steve Sando at Rancho Gordo. To hear that guy talk about beans, and obviously he connects with a lot of people, to make <laughs> beans exciting, <laughs> I can't believe it. And I'm excited about beans now. After having met him and heard him talk about that, uh, I was not much into coffee, but Derek Bromley from Ohm Coffee Roaster sat here, and it just came out of him this exuberance mm-hmm. for coffee like i need to go learn about coffee now i want to have that type of excitement there's a lot so, of those exciting parallels between coffee tea wine beer marijuana now you could even say there are people who professionally like sample out and can design your your experience i you a, a, a curator am not as experienced or involved in that realm but we had somebody in the tasting room who's in that business I've, and was telling me come in. all about what he does and my jaw just dropped. Like, this is amazing the way you are approaching this other product. But let's talk mm-hmm. about you and the distillery because I've seen you in action, either personally or mm-hmm. just as an observer, kind of hanging out and watching you work people. But you, you've got it. You, you talk about booze in such a way you can't help but get drawn in and want to learn more. So, do you want to take me through what the experience is if somebody comes to visit Theodore Alexander at Napa Valley Distillery? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I got into it, it was very much, you know, and I think any job starts this way. It's a, it's a job where you're doing the, the walkthrough and you're selling products. And, and one of the greatest things I liked about what we did is they were so interesting and our, our tiny little bottles look like an old wizard's medicinal shop from the olden times. And yeah. it's, it's, it's a very good draw in and it's a very theatrical environment. And that's a lot of my background is, is theatrical. I've done a variety of stage shows. I was very much into technical theater um, in my younger, nervouser years. And then sometime <laughs> in college, I decided that I'd rather be in front making a fool out of myself and, and I've loved that ever since and I, and I kind of took that job as and I've told some of my trainees this that, that 
it's before anything else, it's a performance. You're using your voice a lot. You're yeah. projecting, yep. and you're being, and you can be a character. You can make up whatever Theodore is going to be for eight hours, mm-hmm. and that's got a lot of me in it, of course. But I don't have to, you know, expend extra private parts of me if I don't want to, mm-hmm. and I can feed a lot of that into the booth. So when people come in, it's a um, it's a great presentation to say, hey, welcome to the only distillery in all of Napa Valley. And there's a lot to be said about what we make and how we've made a case for ourselves. It was, it was a very, I don't, know, to, I don't want to oversell, a hostile sort of environment to grow a small booze business in. And we've conquered a lot of those rules. So I talk a little bit about that. And then I bring them hostile through our – Hostile away. Well, it's – Set, the system is set up more to provide help and industry to large business. And I think oh, you'll I find there's this through larger parts of America. I got way. you. I got you. That smaller business is harder. And if you have a controlled substance, which, I mean, we're not yeah. talking like this is not, you know, phenylene or anything. <laughs> no, but alcohol is a controlled, is a controlled, a controlled substance. I deal with it myself. And uh, sure, even, even in regulation. Wine, and, there's yeah. lots of those regulated rules. Mm-hmm. And anytime you have a business that's small trying to operate those, conquering those we have one of those all-american dream stories we came in small and we're getting we're 10 years old now a 10 years anniversary in august and we're going to have a um, really great part of our history in the napa valley and and as a spear point in making booze giving booze to the masses if you will <laughs> sort of after love it after prohibition so i'll guide yeah. them through a little bit of this and that and then i'll take them past our barrel rack um which w- what would be called a rick house had we had more than one facility where we do things but it's all contained under one roof okay and i'll bring them to the stills downstairs where we talk a little bit about the old and the new we've got a really great brand new piece of technology called an eye still which produces booze very very quickly and with a lot of uh science and math and things that go beep and then i also have one of the older alembic style stills which is this antique that we bought from a fella in hawaii uh from 1950 wow. and the tech is the same as it was a thousand years ago so you're getting the old and the new so we can do a quick run of that um it's gonna be a history lesson that's kind of the bent that i like to take it on is this exploration through history because that's the more fascinating part and i can keep better track of it than the uh-huh. numbers and math that go into the science part i leave that to tim uh and then we talk about the production area and a little bit about how it all gets bottled which of course it's all by hand uh the production team is very limited uh so you get very small very handcrafted very hands-on sort of experience and if they're working on that day and we have extra things that need to be done if a tour's got an empty hand and free five minutes, <laughs> they'll be peeling oranges and picking mint before you know it. And you're not kidding. I've been in there. Uh, so when you're making your limoncello or your fruit-infused uh, mm-hmm. brandies, I mean, that's all fresh fruit. I was in there once. It, I feel like yeah. I'm about to sneeze. It is springtime. Hold on. And, oh, it's so unsatisfying when you're going to sneeze and it oh, doesn't yeah, yeah. happen. Okay, sorry. I don't know how many hundreds of pounds of lemons, and there were – like a couple of women there, and then some other people were jumping in. They asked me. I think I peeled for a little bit because <laughs> um, you were just using the rinds, just just the just the zest, the zest, just exactly. The zest Thank you, yeah, absolutely. And I went home with probably forty pounds of lemons, just squeezed them myself, and had lemon juice for a year. Made them into ice cubes. Oh yeah. Thank you for that again. Oh, hey, but but the point <laughs> is, take like, them off our hands anytime. You guys ain't kidding, is what I'm saying. You use the real ingredients. No, it's it says, the real stuff. This is lemon. It's made with lemons. If it's apricot, nectarine, you're using the real stuff. Yeah, no fooling. That's, That's wonderful. One of the easier parts about this because I've 
I've done a lot of sales jobs in my life, and that's you know you drink the Kool Aid, you sell the thing, whatever it is, you know whatever whatever doodad or, or widget or whatnot, you you get into it. One of the really great things about working for this company and for for Arthur and Lulu who who own it is that that's not a hard sell. We do real product. It's real work. It's real hard, <laughs> and it's real fun. Good. And that all comes together in this really wonderful confluence of hard work and ownership and family that goes into making the product. Then you can taste that. There's, there's no doubt. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more innovative ways you present the spirits. Something I want to ask you about. Yeah. Because it's something I've been that. impressed every time. And I tell people, ask them about the fill in the blank. I'm going to tell after the break. This is called a teaser. But you know that <laughs> because you've been in radio too, I think. We're going to talk about that. With a voice like yours, you better have been in radio. I, a, a little bit. Okay. We're going to talk about that. But uh, but after this, Lauren Mole, what say you? We'll be back with more of Judd's Napa Valley Show right after this. La, 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 la. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. You're listening to 1440 KVON, proudly serving Napa and Sonoma counties. Now, back to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Thank you very much, Lauren Mole. But will any Sonoma County radio stations let themselves be heard in Napa? I'm just kidding. That goes back to earlier. We've got Theodore Alexander. He is the Director of Total Customer Awesomeness. What is the official title again? Uh, senior Hospitality Coordinator is what, we, is what we came up with. I think that's what I said. Yeah, that's okay. more or less. At Napa Valley Distillery. He's the guy that's going to make sure you have a great time and really get super stoked, man, about booze. Your booze. Yeah. Which is delicious. Sweet, sweet booze. Yeah, Thank it's you. all really great stuff. Uh, before we get back into the type of experience you offer there at the distillery, I see a very uh, ornate casserole pan. A uh, dish, excuse me, on uh, on the counter here. You want what's going on with this? Uh, yeah, you asked me to bring something in that's kind of kooky and, and unique, and uh, you know, I actually do. Uh, this is for for your giveaway you were talking about, and I actually yeah. do own quite a few bizarre, spooky, and unique things. But I, I like no them a doubt. whole lot. <laughs> um, I found this in our. Uh, in our cave of wonders, <laughs> in the in the back of the in house. In reference to Aladdin. Uh, yeah, yeah. In reference to Aladdin, which, which I cannot. Comes out this Friday. I cannot wait to see. I was a big fan of the of the cartoon film when I was a, a kid. I love all the Disney musicals. I saw the live show in Disneyland whenever it was out. Yeah. So yeah, this is I guess some kind of enchilada pan. Uh, I'm just guessing because it says lead free Mexico. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a lovely. Is it ceramic? You know, I I don't know. I've, it looks. I, don't remember where it came from. It's uh, a glossy glazed casserole pan. I don't have a ruler to tell the dimensions, but it's it's beautifully painted. It looks like hand painted that Mexican I, it almost, style almost of flowers. Is, yeah, it's dark blue with uh, flowers in the middle, and uh, it looks like those. Um, they have some of the. You ever been to the Red Hen restaurant out there? They have those sure. tiles on the floor. That yeah, kind of, the, every other tile is one of these. It looks flower panels, like one of these Mexican uh, painted, yeah, tiles. But it's the whole. Casserole dish. Yeah, the whole. Enchilada. Are you sure you want to give this away? The whole. Jeez, oh, ah. thought I told you to wait in the car. Get out of here. All right. So, you, are you sure this is not a family heirloom? You want to give this away? Uh, no, no. I, I, I know that it's not been with us 
for very long. It happened sometime in the time that I, I got married, which has been in the last six years. Okay. Um, and or sure at least get, surfaced. And you've asked your wife, this, this is nice. This is quite a nice uh, yeah, piece. Yeah, it is, it is a nice piece. Um, right. And I, you know, I, I more or less asked her. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Uh, let's give it a shot. If you would like to have a enchilada casserole dish from the collection of Theodore Alexander Sr., Executive rad dude at <laughs> customer experience Napa Valley Distillery from his Cave of Wonders. Uh, be the first to tweet. Got to use Twitter. Use the hashtag JNVS for Judd's Napa Valley Show and put at Judd's Hill. So I see it immediately. I'll bring this back to the tasting room at Judd's Hill, uh, conveniently located one mile north of Trangus along Silverado Trail. It'll be there till Friday, and if nobody claims it by then, I'm going to call Theodore, see if he wants it back, or I'm going to take it home. That's pretty nice. We love making enchiladas at home, and that would just up the aesthetic. Right? It's yeah. all about presentation, it's beautiful. Say, right? All right, well, thank you very much, sir. Let's talk about, once again, somebody is in front of you. They're visiting the distillery. They have the good fortune to be right in front of you, and you take them through the proper – it'd be like a wine tasting. People show you how to swirl the glass, but you have your own way we have to own enjoy way. the spirits that you create. And you, you've you dubbed this – I've never heard it anywhere else, and I love it – Booze Yoga. Booze Yoga, that's Tell right. me about Booze Yoga. Um, booze Yoga is a great way to get a good spiritual connection. <laughs> spiritual. Um it's something that was developed by uh, by Paul Martin, who was who was my supervisor previously. He has moved on to bigger projects with us as our uh, brand ambassador for our wholesale line now. Okay, just began this year. We're all very excited about it. Which is making one of my favorite martinis at the moment is using the dry gin, with oh, gin yeah. with one end mm-hmm. that you make. Yeah, as real to the actual gin real gin, with two ends yeah. mm-hmm. makes a really nice, the classic dry martini mm-hmm. and a great value. I'll put in the plug. I got it at Lawler's Liquors. I think it was like. 16, 17 bucks a bottle. Yeah, yeah. Really good. They're doing great business for us. And Paul's out every day doing that footwork on the pavement and getting our product out there. Um, We might even have uh, places in in far-reaching lands before you know it. Wow, wow. Okay. Petaluma. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe (laughs) as exotic as Petaluma. (laughs) All right. So booze yoga. So booze yoga is a process of uh, doing a little bit of self-chemistry. And it involves removing the oxygen. And, and you know this from, from wine tasting. Oxygen yeah. can be an important additive to the experience sure. where you spin the glass around in big circles. And that adds a lot of oxidation to the wine and volatilizes wonderful fruit notes and low esters and a lot of important things for wine. Mm-hmm. But we're not tasting wine. We're tasting what happens when wine grows up. So <laughs> when you have that brandy in that big bowl and you spin that around and you add a lot of oxygen to that, it will volatilize hard liquor. That's that's 40% or higher. If you add too much oxygen to that, it will not ignite, but it will heat up. It will cause that gas to volatilize into a hot and uncomfortable experience. And then you'll drink it and make a sour face. And you make that nice Clint Eastwood... Yeah, you you're, just, you're just getting the hot you're taking, liquor, the, you're the alcohol. Fumes. You're, fumes, you're, huffing, yeah. you're huffing ethanol at that point. Yeah. And that Which doesn't not feel pleasant. very nice. It doesn't feel very nice for your body. It doesn't taste very nice no. for your mouth and tongue. So booze yoga is a way of relaxing and relieving yourself of that burn and pain. And what you'll do is you simply hold the glass still, take a nice inhale of air through your nose, hold your breath, take a tiny sip, swallow that alcohol down and breathe out slowly over your tongue. And it's interesting that I do have to express that as I do the tasting. I say, over your tongue, everybody. 
because that's how you taste things yeah. is through your mouth. Because a lot of people have the tendency, because we've been taught that when you take a big shot, you want to <sighs> blow out some air through your nose uh, like a bull in a cartoon, you know, mm-hmm. just really push it out. And that's actually going to move the ethanol through the wrong palate. But if you hold your breath, you're going to remove the oxygen from passing. The ethanol will fall in the belly. That's a little bit of chemistry, too, because you're when you breathe out, it's converting most of the oxygen to CO2, as, as I understand it, my... my Knowledge of the mathematical chemistry is a little bit is a little bit uh, weak in terms of the vocabulary, but it does work. The empirical evidence is there, and that's also why I do a test round on people. I say, okay, look, we'll do it your way, <laughs> yeah, and then we'll do it my way, and we'll see who comes out, you know, alive. It, it works. Uh, you, it works very, very you well. You did this for a group I was with, and uh, there was a lot of wow. It's surprising <laughs> to a lot of people. We get by on the idea that booze should be painful. I, I think that's a holdover of some. Uh, puritanical ideas that that say if you're going to enjoy yourself, you should pay a little uh, tax for that, which is the the pain and the burn of the of that alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's not; it doesn't. You can you can have a pleasant experience all the way through. Uh, as a matter of fact, boys and girls, if you don't want a hangover, you don't have to have one. <laughs> oh. Hydrate yourself beforehand, and and uh, you know, drink responsibly okay. means be responsible to your body. Okay, and feed it feed it and water it daily. <laughs> Well, this booze yoga really is incredible. It, it makes a big difference. It changed the way I've – I consider myself an advanced drinker. Don't like being drunk. We've talked about this. As you said, moderation. Right. I do enjoy cocktail wine, beer, but I enjoy drinking, but to a point. I really, to a point. really do not like being drunk and can probably count – It lost its sting Less older. than the – well, <laughs> even, even as a young guy. I mean, I think that's why I got into cocktails was because I never liked being drunk. And even at college parties, I was never – you know, doing the beer bong or the mm. keg stands because I, why I'm not going to just drink this to get drunk. So I want to drink for enjoyment, and right. I turned to the world of cocktails and would throw cocktails, and people would come in like, "What the hell is this guy doing? You know, why does everybody have a jacket on in here? You know, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the type of party I thought." But so when I say I'm an advanced drinker, I've been you know playing with it for a long time, sure. also being in the wine biz. But this really opened my eyes to a whole new way that is so beneficial to the enjoyment of the spirit itself. You can you can really appreciate it as if you would a wine. There's a lot more flavor yeah. involved. You're not just bypassing it. It's no longer – it moves away from being a means to an end at that point. I like to say we're moving from the solo cup to the cocktail glass. <laughs> That's a good one. And you, you're one to talk. I mean you're not just not just uh, expert – who is uncredited, you have the pedigree of being a certified specialist of spirits. That is true. That is true. The Society of Wine Educators, within the last decade, it's a fairly new program, Mm -hmm. created a uh, sommelier-type certification uh, for a broad selection of spirits. So it's it's all alcohol. I think from there you could probably spend a lifetime specializing in vodka or rum. Sure. I, I won't because I have alcohol ADD and I want to learn all the different things. Um, sometimes to my deficit, I've tasted some weird stuff. I'm with you on that. It's fun to learn it all, but you can't. Yeah. So, but, uh, but, this, but this is a pretty good way to try. It, yeah. it gives you um, – I took a, a multiple choice. I spent a lot of hours keeping my wife up late, <laughs> testing me with flashcards. Oh, yeah? uh, and I succeeded. And I have a, a button on my vest and more letters after my name than my mother ever thought I would have. So she's pretty happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, making mom proud. So that's cool. So when folks are there and talking to you, they know, you know, there's some pedigree, if that means anything. 
It's like I, a diploma. It's like, it is. It is. And I think it's starting to be to be more. I've had a few more people in the last year or so see the button on my vest and say, oh, hey, are you – did you do the, the CSS program? Because I'm doing the, the, uh, the other – the CSW program, which is the Certified Wine Server, mm. the other SWE programs. Um, and it's – so it's gaining some traction in, in, its, um, in its notoriety and importance that one would have that certification. Congratulations. Are there regular days that you're working if somebody wanted to come visit you personally? The uh, distillery is open every day. I the think, distillery but... is open every day. Right. I'm, I'm out Sundays and Mondays, which I got to tell you is the, is the dream combo well, of good. days off. One day off with the rest of the world and then a Monday to do your business and banking. <laughs> Nicely done. All right. So I would certainly recommend folks you can visit, what is it, NapaDistillery.com. NapaDistillery.com is our website. Yeah. And you can uh, find out where to visit. And you work out of the distillery. Itself. I work out of the main factory location itself. We do have an ancillary location at the Oxbow Market at mm-hmm. 610 First Street where you can do a selection of spirits and you can get an expert to advise you on bitters, yes. uh, which is uh, one of the larger collections in the in the world, uh, certainly the largest in the West Coast, of all different bitters, which if, if you guys don't know are, are a collection of uh, herbs and uh, bittering agents like a gentian root or a wormwood that combine into a flavoring you can add to your cocktail, like a liquid spice. Yeah, it's wonderful, and there's so many to choose There's from. lots and lots. It, it, it's really it fun. often comes off as a little overwhelming, but with a little guidance, uh, you can make some great well, additions it. to your recipes. And I've gotten some good guidance. Thank you for that. Now, we talked about your uh, theatricality, your mm-hmm. voice. We mentioned you did do a bit of radio. <laughs> I uh, have do, done a little <clears throat> bit of radio. Do you want to give us a bit of... Uh, an introduction to your old show, or <laughs> sure, I, I, uh, I don't know what you used to do, but oh goodness, was it a, um, like a college it, radio? It was a podcast, was a, actually. Was it was it, we, we we did a podcast, but we got picked up by a syndicated uh, station. Oh, uh, we got picked up, and and we did the podcast every week out of our home, out of out of my friend's home. Um, and then once a month, we would go to Los Angeles to do it in a real live studio, oh, wow. uh, like like we're doing here, uh, but in L.A. and definitely on our own dime. And this was called? This was called Love and Sex with Lex. Uh, um, okay. You just it piqued was, my interest. Yeah. But, uh... It was a sex talk show advice show, <laughs> sort of from a, uh, from a layman's perspective. I mean, I'm certainly not a doctor, as, as, I, as I say often before I advise anyone about any booze uh, – Medicality that I that I talk about. Yeah. Um, so we do. You know, there's a lot of questions about gluten free and whatnot. And my first answer is Theodore is not a doctor, but okay. So it was me and uh, Lexi uh, Lex, who was uh, our host, and we had her boyfriend was a producer, and then we had another uh, woman with us, and so the four of us did this show together and we would we would take email questions and then answer them and sort oh, of okay callers uh, disambigu- yeah we weren't prepared to do that at the yeah. time she went on after i left the show actually and did it a little bit more and we took callers when we did the uh the live show in um in los angeles playboy mm-hmm. radio on xm actually picked us up wow um which was really cool cool honor sure um, and they took us out on the town one night and <laughs> took us to, i felt like a rock star they took us to to clubs and restaurants and they paid for that that portion which was really really awesome and you just felt like royalty so i had oh, a, my 15 minutes of, of fame uh later on i think they decided to go with an all-female cast for for the listeners i think it was more more applicable but i enjoyed the time that i had there and uh should i should I even ask? Um, well, we're running low on time. Everyone else. I'll ask. So as a certified specialist of spirits, mm-hmm. I understand you're definitely qualified to speak about spirits. Certainly. Uh, 
Lauren, should I even ask about his qualifications to talk about uh, sexual advice? Or should we just leave that? I think think his microphone will travel might have qualified me enough for the work we were doing. I'm going to leave that hanging, as it were. How interesting. I'm going to have to dig up some old podcasts and give a listen. uh, You know, I've tried to look for it. It's, It's very buried. It's oh. very buried in the internet, and I think if you have the right software, you could probably download it. I, I'm the other thing I like about spirits is they don't beep at me. I'm not a very tech savvy kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'll I'll take the segue. But, but if you find those, <laughs> let me know. I'd love to hear them. Again. Well, if you find them, I want to hear too. Congratulations on uh, the success of that. <laughs> I, I, I have so many questions. I just looking at the time. I don't want. Yeah, that might be a, a topic anymore. for another show. So let me ask you something then. Since we're delving into this side of human nature, perhaps something our listeners would be interested in finding out about you, if you're comfortable sharing this type of personal information. Theodore, do you? Do you, I'm getting kind of nervous over right. here, Judd. All right. Do you do you do you go nuts for donuts? Do I go nuts for donuts? Yeah. Do you go nuts for donuts? I have enjoyed a donut from time well, to time. Well, here's a box of donuts here. I want you to take a look here. All right. Oh, oh. Take, take there, there's a, oh, a whole, all right. Take a look. Take all right. Taking a look. Take a look and choose one of those. All right. I'm going to choose the oh, brightly oh, colored oh. one. Okay. I was, oh, man, that was a close one. Th- this, is, this is interesting, Lauren. I feel, I feel like my personality is being judged. That's exactly right. That I've chosen. On purpose. Today, I usually have quite a selection. On purpose, I chose four old-fashioned Different uh, classifications, chocolate, maple, glazed, plain, old-fashioned donuts. Because you, as you mentioned, you have that hipster vibe. And I know hipster people like old-fashioned things. You've got a handlebar mustache. You have the jaunty cap, as you mentioned. It's like, will he go for an old-fashioned or the pink glazed raised? I'm probably almost always going to go for the weird, different, unique, or if someone else says that it's terrible. I love it. Uh, That's my favorite thing to try. And if I am going to glean nothing else from you today, uh, a deeper appreciation and understanding of Theodore Alexander, I'm happy to know that about you. So thank you very much. You're an iconoclast. You're a rule breaker. You do things big. And I got to tell you right now, hooray for you. Thanks, man. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm not going to ask you any follow-up questions about that donut. I just hope you enjoy it. But I am going to say that now it's time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Libs. All right, Theodore Alexander, you know how this game is played. It's Mad Libs. I'm going to ask you to fill in the blanks, as mentioned and as evidenced by the previous few minutes here on the air. You have a fine vocabulary. I like to think I do. So hit me up with a geographic location. Um, let's go with, I like this one because it came on a cartoon show I liked as a kid in a song, Lake Titicaca. <laughs> Animaniacs. And that's right, Animaniacs, Lake Titicaca. It's yep. between Bolivia and Peru. <laughs> the, the, the nations of the world. That's right. Okay, a plural noun. Uh, let's go with field mice. Right. I used to read a series of books as a kid that had a, a bunch of mice in them, and I liked them as, as characters. Well, let's add them to this story. Another plural noun. Let's go with chainsaw jugglers. <laughs> Lauren, we got a pro here. This guy knows how to work a Mad Libs game. This guy knows his schoolhouse rock. Yes. Uh, yeah, schoolhouse rock, anything bit. weird, bizarre parodies. If you know a, a weird parody song, like I'm your man on Trivia Night for weird parodies and bizarre, unattainable knowledge. I've seen you at Trivia Night over at Napa <laughs> Sports, so this guy uh, speaks the truth. Uh, plural noun. Another oh, plural noun. Yeah, all right. Let's, let's keep on a theme here. Let's say lion tamers. 
<laughs> chainsaw jugglers, lion tamers. I like this. Wherever this is going. Another plural noun. Another plural noun. Yep. Let's go with blondes this time. Blondes. They're always good for a fun uh, gag and a joke, right? Yeah. Blonde ale, blonde. Okay. An adjective. I'm going to go with one of my favorites to kind of pull out of the hat. Pusillanimous. Pusillanimous. Which means kind of not so... uh, Wussy. But, yeah. Actually, not so macho, not so tough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Our English teacher in high school showed us the root of that, and it made everybody laugh. Yes. and But I'll never forget. Okay, plural noun. Plural noun. Yep, we got to go quickly now. Oh, let's go. Mutated heirloom tomatoes. Let's say, let's say that. I like a little <laughs> That's the first thing nouns. that popped into your head. Mutated heirloom. <laughs> I always thought those tomatoes looked kind of mutated anyway. Tomatoes. Okay. Uh, a noun, singular. Concertina. Oh, like a little accordion. Sorry, like a little miniature box accordion. It's like a pirate's accordion. Yes. Oh, a number. A number. Of course, I'm going to have to go with 42. Yeah, okay. 42 it is. An adjective. Uh, let's keep this one simple. Let's just say fat. Fat. And a plural noun. Uh, on a theme, we'll say hippos. You got it. All right. Earlier today, I was online and I looked up the old website, NapaDistillery.com, <laughs> on which oh, is dear. a little bit about our friend and guest, Theodore Alexander. So you've just rewritten the about you part of, oh my, the, of your this story. Is the, this is the Napa Valley bio for me now. This is your bio. I'm afraid what this is going to turn Theodore out. Alexander, this is your life. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, from NapaDistillery.com. Everyone meet Theodore, Napa Valley Distillery's Grand Tasting Salon Tour Director! Exclamation mark. And now Senior... Senior Hospitality oh, Coordinator yes. and, and moving forward always. There you go. All right, now here is a little bit about you. Theodore was born and raised in Sonoma County. And currently lives in Lake Titicaca. (laughs) Thanks for making the commute today. All right. As tour director, Theodore leads field mice and chainsaw jugglers at our distillery's main location. (laughs) I love that. Facilitates our lion tamers experiences and is one of the chief trainers for all new blondes. (laughs) Hey, I could do worse. (laughs) Not bad, man. Theodore is currently a licensed (laughs) <laughs> pusillanimous specialist of mutated heirloom tomatoes as awarded by the Society of Concertina Educators. Oh, swell. That's pretty prestigious, man. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. He hopes that within the next 42 years, he'll become a fat hippo educator to take his expertise to the next level. I think that's clearly the next evolution that this goes to. Theodore Alexander, I want to thank you for being here today, sharing a little bit about your uh, world of spirits and booze education. Well, thanks, Jim. And I hope that people will reach out and visit you at the Napa Valley Distillery. Yeah, Good come by and see me. Uh, and looking forward to getting back in there myself. It's, uh, it's time. I think I need some more. Do you guys have any of the... Uh, Apricot or nectarine brandy right now? Nectarine. We can we, talk. We'll talk. Yeah, we've got yeah, we got a little bit of that. I need both. I'm sure we can find some for you. I'll be over. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gillamar production. Judd's Napa Valley Show.